Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It is 830 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene, Economic Indicators, brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. No major economic indicators today. Tom, we do get the FHFA house price index at 9 at 945. Uh, markets version of manufacturing uh, PMI, and then at 10 o'clock, the Richmond Fed Manufacturing Index, all what you'd probably call tertiary uh, indexes. Tertiary day, but we squeeze in a lot of data to Good Friday, don't we? Uh, yes, we've got new home sales tomorrow. That will get a lot of attention. And, of course, you and I are going to be speaking with St. Louis Fed President James Bullard here uh, on Bloomberg Surveillance. And what is interesting about uh, speaking with President Bullard, folks, is not only is he always entertaining and knowledgeable, but far more nuanced than maybe any other Fed official we speak to. Mike, what are the little whispers recently from Mr. Bullard that we've seen? Well, he's been concerned about inflation expectations. We'll talk to him about that. They've started to go up again uh, with the rise in the CPI. And uh, oil prices stabilizing. Uh, A latest headline, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom says linking terror to Brexit debate. Not appropriate, that from David Cameron this morning. Uh, We are trying to bring you expertise and perspective, a little lack of hysteria here over the Brussels attacks. We are thrilled to bring you Robert Mugga. He is out of Oxford. Uh, He is the expert in the world on urban violence. There is no other way to put it. Um, his resume is endless, whether it is Brazil, Kenya, Norway, or this morning, I might say, Brussels. Uh, Robert Mugga, good morning. Hi, good morning. What do we do about neighborhoods? If we assume that poverty leads on to violence and we assume that good institutions want to diminish violence in those neighborhoods, what's the Robert Mugga prescription? Well, I mean, I... I a little embarrassed. I can't say it's my description, but I can draw on what the collective wisdom uh, of law enforcement experts and, and uh, development experts around the world. What seems to be the consensus is that we need to focus on hot spots, um, hot people, uh, and the known correlates of, of violence. And, and there are a number of constant factors across time and space that we know are associated with the outbreak of violence uh, around the world. Um, And I think the key point here is that in any given city, uh, be it Brussels, be it Paris, be it Washington, D.C., be it Rio, uh, you're going to see specific areas where you have a higher likelihood and risk of of violence and specific kinds of people who are more likely to be perpetrators and victims. So we got to get smarter about how we intervene. The uh, question would be there, are the people who are carrying out these kinds of attacks the same sort of people who would be driven uh, by poverty, and uh, anger, if it's coming from a religious perspective, uh, how do you deal with that? I, I think that, I mean, I think that there's a, a number of common parallels between different variations of extremism, be it religious, be it gang-related, uh, you know, or, or, or be it political. Um, and often it's a function of people feeling they don't belong, 
to particular area, neighborhood, collective. Often it's a function of people having short-term horizons. There's no sense that there's a, a clear employment prospect on the near horizon. Uh, often it's a sense that people come from broken families where you don't have skilled parents, parents or schools that are looking out for those warning signs. So I think that although you do have at a sort of middle management level, if you will, uh, you know, people from the elite or middle class who, who often mm-hmm. behind some of these large terrorist attacks, the, the, the factors that shape and condition people's resort to these kinds of extremist forms of violence are often the same. You've had the courage to go beyond the usual international relations junket of Heathrow to JFK to Dulles or uh, Reagan or whatever the normal flight patterns right. are. Uh, your book, No Refuge, The Crisis of Refugee Militarization in Africa. Does the rest of the world, do they feel engaged with the terror of Brussels or Paris, or is it a removed world of the developed nations? It's a really good question. I mean, I think the, the first point to perhaps stress is is that the vast majority uh, of so-called terrorist attacks or extremist violence isn't happening in Western Europe or North America. Uh, it's happening in the Middle East. It's happening in North Africa. It's happening in Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, it's happening in parts of South Asia. And even, frankly, parts of the Americas, uh, if you take into consideration extremist forms of gang violence, which, of course, is a different kind of phenomenon. And so, you know, fully, if you, if you take, for example, the last 10 years uh, in Europe, there's been about 3,500 people killed in the course of extremist violence. If you look at just Iraq uh, over that same period, you've got 13,000 people who've been killed in bombings and explosions. Mm-hmm. So I think the first point is to get a bit of proportion. Um, the second point to answer your question specifically is is that, Absolutely, I think there is a sense of unease, anxiety over what's happening uh, in Brussels or Paris or London, because these are global centers of commerce. They, they're deeply symbolic in terms of our, our networks of, of, of trade and, and communications. Um, and so I think there is a sense of unease uh, and, and concern, because what happens there has ripple-on effects uh, virtually everywhere else. Right. Let's continue with Robert Mago, the Agrape uh, Institute. He comes to us today from Brazil as we try to bring you true experts on the international relations. Again, uh, Michael Barr along in a moment and others worldwide on Bloomberg Radio with the headlines out of Brussels. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance this morning, as always, brought to you by Kohn Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory to seize opportunities in commercial real estate. Your business needs market-focused guidance from the industry-leading experts. At Cone Resnick, find out how at ConeResnick.com. And we thank them for their support. It's an exceptionally quiet Bloomberg screen this morning. Uh, a churn, obviously, and always, but uh, quiet. We're watching Sterling, which continues to weaken 142.39. Prime Minister Cameron with comments on Brexit uh, moments ago. We'll give you some color on that uh, here in a bit. Features at negative eight. Dow Futures, negative 47. We're with Robert Mugga. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Westchester Subaru. Visit westchestersubaru.com. Michael Barr has the latest on the Brussels attack. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Belgian federal prosecutor says one of the terror attacks in Brussels today was probably the work of a suicide bomber. The attacks at the airport and the subway left at least 26 people dead. Brussels has been locked down. Security measures are also being taken in France as well. Bloomberg's uh, Jim Biscusi is in Paris. 
also deployed another 1,600 police to protect the transportation sites across France. Now, don't forget, France has been on a high terror alert since November 13th when there was a series of attacks in Paris that left 130 dead. And it, I mean, there's clearly a link between these attacks in Brussels today and the attacks in Paris in November because they follow by one day the, the arrest of, 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 the, the, of, of one of the members of, of, the, of, the, of the hit teams that, that were in Paris last November. In New York, police have deployed counterterrorism resources across the city. President Barack Obama plans to speak out today against political repression and economic deprivation during his speech in Cuba. That is to be broadcast on TV. Presidential contests take place today for primary voters in Arizona and Utah for Republicans and Democrats. Democrats will also hold a caucus in Idaho. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike Tom. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Ray Katina Auto Group Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stasha. Thanks, Mike. Encouraging night for the Rangers. Not only a 4-2 win over Florida and a two-game skid, but a goal from Rick Nash. His first of 2016, he had been injured for two months. I put tons of pressure on myself to perform, and, uh, you know, when things don't go the way you want, it's frustrating, but um, eight weeks off is a long time to uh, to be off the ice. The way I kind of see it, it's one game. i got to be consistent. i got to put a string of, string of these games together. Uh, you know, it's nice, nice to have a good night, but uh, more importantly, the team won. Those are two huge points for us. Nash returned about 10 days ago. It's his 13th goal. He scored 42 last season. The Islanders' slump continues. They had that great road trip, but since winning seven of eight, they've lost six of seven, four in a row, beaten in Brooklyn by Philadelphia, four to one. Two nights after San Antonio's big win over Golden State, the Spurs blew a 23-point lead and lost at Charlotte. Jeremy Lin scored 29 for the Hornets, and the Warriors still haven't had back-to-back losses. They won 109-104 at Minnesota. They are 63-7. and Cleveland blew past Denver. Big night for LeBron James, 33 points and a triple-double. Season's over for Monmouth, finishing 28-8 and after losing the NIT to George Washington, 87-71. The CEO of the tennis tournament at Indian Wells has resigned. Raymond Moore made headlines Sunday saying women players ride the coattails of men, that players like Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal had carried the sport. Serena Williams and Billie Jean King were among those to criticize more. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. Uh, John, thanks so much. I just put out on Bloomberg Radio Plus, really markets not moving off the terror attacks in Brussels. But I've changed my tune. When the facts change, we change at Bloomberg Surveillance. I just put out a chart of sterling. Uh, we've seen demonstrable weakness over the last two days, 1.6%. That chart out at Bloomberg Radio Plus with a new leg down. Uh, Prime Minister Cameron at uh, 8.29, the headline comes across, Cameron says, linking terror to Brexit debate not appropriate. That has moved sterling weaker. No question about that. Futures negative 9, Dow futures negative 50. We continue with our coverage of our global and international relations. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. The sports report was brought to you by Ray Katina Auto Group. Ray Katina, let them show you the way to affordable luxury driving. Visit any one of their 16 beautiful showrooms in New Jersey and New York. Call 1-800-NEW-AUTO or go to RayKatina.com for special offers.